Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families I have with me Vincent Molly and we're going to be discussing facilitating effective communication within the family business. As we know communication in itself is difficult across the board we have so many ways that we use to communicate but sometimes we're not as effective and effective means does everybody understand what is being communicated and are they able to communicate back in a way that we also understand? And we might not always agree on what's communicated, but if we understand each other, it's a step towards the right direction. Welcome, Vincent. Yes, good morning, uh, Sitsi. Thanks for the introduction and, uh, and uh, clarifying a bit the, the, the topic of, uh, of this uh, podcast. Absolutely. I'll just ask you to introduce yourself to my audience so that they know who you are and uh, why we're discussing communication this morning. Okay. Um, well, um, to start with, um, I'm a professor in strategy, entrepreneurship and family business uh, at uh, KU Leuven in Belgium and also at Antwerp Management School. Um, I um, got into this direction after doing a PhD on intergenerational differences in family firms uh, and eventually uh, continued uh, this uh, academic career, which I, by the way, also combine uh, with more, uh, let's say, uh, work into practice um, since uh, a couple of years, a couple of years ago. Uh, my wife and I uh, also founded a company called Family Minds, which is actually um, oriented towards family businesses and helping them out in, let's say, um, yeah, uh, struggling through or going through some important steps in, in their life and in the, the life cycle of their business. Uh, and so the, this, yeah, this gives me the opportunity to combine theory and practice, which is, um, I think, uh, yeah, uh, it's creating for me, at least, uh, and also for my students and for my uh, customers also a good win-win, I, I believe. Absolutely. So let's talk about effective communication. Um, I know I alluded to effective communication, but what, from your experience, does effective communication mean? Well, um, it can mean a lot. <laughs> to be honest, and you can come with different definitions. But for me, the central element is, um, I would say having the courage, and that's a very important word, having the courage to say what really is at play. We talk a lot, you know, but it's not because you talk a lot that this is also, um, I would say, good or effective communication. People talk around a lot of things without, again, having the courage to say what really is at play for them. And so um, in that sense, yeah, I think that's already an important, uh, important element. Eh? So to, to bring the real things, what is quite often behind a certain topic or maybe uh, uh, a certain uh, point of discussion to look what is behind it. And uh, I would say, take it a little bit higher, the discussion. Um, for me, it's also important that in those kind of discussions, you also... Um, and there the word courage comes again, uh, I would say, uh, um, to the foreground, because I'm convinced that um, 
one of the things that could help you is uh, also bringing forward your feelings related to certain topics. It can be about compensation in a family business. It can be about, uh, you know, will my sister join a company or not? In what kind of position? Who will be the CEO? Whatever. Um, it's a good um, start, I would say, to start talking about your feelings because feelings are subjective. Yeah? And I can say, yeah, I, I don't agree with this, that you join a company or that you will have similar compensation as I have, um, because then you attack, of course, which is something to, um, to be avoided as well. But if you talk about feelings, well, that's honest, that's authentic. You know, yeah, Titsi, yeah, we, we talked about this and yeah, what I can say is that uh, if we bring this topic forward, yeah, it gives me this kind of feeling, you know, and that is automatically already less attacking. And that's something personal. That's something subjective. And it starts from you, not from the other one. And so uh, being clear about, um, yeah, you know, what kind of feelings certain topics bring up. I think that's also central to, to bring this, uh, this uh, uh, forward, because as I said, you will then have the opportunity to go a little bit higher and then, uh, have um, you know instead of being with your nose on a certain topic compensation or whatever yeah you you leave it a little bit where it is and you look okay what is here the bigger topic what is behind it you know and uh, and a good way of doing that is uh, by you know expressing uh, how you feel uh, regarding certain things okay um yeah what else is important is um that um and that's something what you see quite often in many family businesses. Don't play the victim, you know, because in such a kind of discussion, there's always someone who feels the victim. You know, I'm the victim of, of your action or your kind of decision or what you want to force in, into the company or based on your talks with mom or dad. And I'm a victim of that, you know, in one way or the other. But playing the victim, to be honest, will never solve the issue, you know, it will all, also always be, make things worse. And the, the chance is pretty big that you, yeah, you get into a kind of, and that's what I really like. And that's what I like in the sense that it, because it's something so powerful is what, it, what they quite often call the, the drama triangle. <laughs> you know, the drama triangle means, yeah, first of all, if you play the victim, uh, you know, it, it, it will be me, I will be the problem. Uh, uh, I've always known that I was your little sister and, uh, you know, that I was not that capable and, you know, this kind of style. And then a lot of drama pops up, but it will not bring anything. It will not give any solution or whatever. Uh, not, not everyone does it because if you talk about the drama triangle, some people also uh, go um, in the kind of a persecutor role. It means that um, yeah, you blame the other, yeah, and it's you, you could say it's it's you, and uh, you've never trusted me, and you always shout at me. You know that's that's a kind of a, the kind of position of persecutor that will also not work because yeah, you actually attack um, someone. So yeah, that, that you will offend some people, and that will not open doors. Mm. It's the opposite. And maybe the third position in the drama triangle is the role of the the, uh, the rescuer. Uh, some people have the uh, belief that they should rescue. Ah, Titsi, you know, um, but okay, I can help. You know, what I can do is this and that. And that sounds at first and maybe very good. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that you create some dependency or you could create some dependency. Or if I'm going to rescue you, it can give you a feeling of, you know, I'm a loser and I am the superior. But the superior mm -hmm. is going to help the loser, you know. And also that is usually not, uh, not helpful. And if you can avoid that and stay out of that, you will see that the communication will be much better. 
we'll really discuss the elements, the things that matter. Mm, mm, absolutely. So why do you think many business families fail to communicate effectively? Well, to be honest, a lot, a lot of uh, things play there, but I think an important reason is, uh, and it sounds maybe, um, I would say uh, surprising, but uh, love, I think is an important reason. Okay. Because, because you love someone, yeah, that does not mean that there are no conflicts, huh? but you love your, your family members, your kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I see that some family members, because of love, avoid the deeper discussions. Mm. Because they see that, okay, there are certain things that I see when looking at my daughter or my son or the cousins. But because of love, okay, I would like to keep the peace where it is. And so talking, yeah, it will only, you know, put fire or set the whole thing on fire. It will, think, will make things worse. So out of love, we avoid, avoid these kind of discussions. And, and, uh, and let's say the deeper communications. Eh? Also because they are scared what will come up, you know? Uh, mm. And so that is uh, what, what you quite often see. Um, what I also see is that they talk a lot, but they don't have real conversations, uh, what, what I already mentioned. And so what they almost always do is talk about the symptoms. And mm. for me, the symptoms are things like, you know, things like salary or uh, things like, uh, you know, who, uh, um, who should come in and, um, and you could say, okay, that gives me this kind of feeling, eh, which could already be an interesting element of, uh, you know, of um, uh, having more effective communication. But it's always about the symptoms. But the causes behind it, they are very often not touched upon. Okay, yeah. if I am uh, hurt by you saying this, why does it come? What's behind it? What kind of cause does this mean? And yeah. That can be a lot of things, but Mm. if you only talk about the symptoms, yeah, okay, take a pill and maybe your headache will disappear, but you have not solved where does your headache come from, you know? And so that is important to also have uh, uh, these kind of conversations in a way. So that's what you also um, uh, quite often see. And yeah, of course, what also is important there and that can help uh, other people is... um, yeah, they don't, well, they not frequently enough put themselves in the other person's shoes, you know, mm-hmm. try to put on their glasses uh, and try to understand how they look at things, uh, what what for them could be important. Uh, so uh, many people are really egocentric and yeah, they always talk about their position, you know, and what they are afraid of, what they, what bothers them, those kind of things. But yeah, trying to understand how the other person looks uh, at things. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's interesting, but that's not that easy. Um, that kind of but, brings me to a question um, on that point. Sorry to just cut you there. Um, when communicating, especially with, um, with therapists and so forth, there's always that leaning towards um, not speaking about the other person in terms of um, it, it, it it's said it makes the other person feel attacked at times and then become defensive. So it's easier to um, refer to your own emotions and your own um, perspective. And I'm just thinking, does that then, um, like what you just said, um, may or may that then come across as being egotistical 
when you are, instead of trying to frame it in reference to the other person, to instead reference to your own feelings so that um, those can be explored within context of trying to find a resolution when there's communication. Well, I don't think what you have to do is, ah, okay, but Sitsi, uh, I, I know how you feel, you know, I understand your position or whatever, because then that will probably not help. But what I mean is by looking at the other person's uh, position is trying to understand before you have a discussion, before the communication, what could be possible reasons why you reason like that, why you talk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me... <laughs> For me, that's a very important thing, especially if, if you talk about um, how to say um, trying to, to change communication is look with a certain compassion to the other person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I call the power of compassion, because sometimes you see people and they are very uh, angry or they are very uh, powerful and whatever you sometimes get scared of. And then some people will say, OK, yeah, but if I have to put me myself in that person's shoes, <laughs> You know, whew, yeah, that's not something, um, I, I, that's not the kind of person I want to be and that's not who I am. And yeah, how can I ever feel or get a, get a sense of what is playing there? But usually if people behave like that, there is something painful uh, below it. Yeah. And even the most powerful people, these people are in pain. And it can be small things, it can be big things, it can be traumas, whatever. Mm. And by looking at it with some compassion, that is for me, and that is what I've already seen in a lot of business families, quite often an opener, because then you don't go again in the counterattack or whatever, but you say, yeah, okay, yeah, Tsitsi, I know she, she went through that and that and that. Yeah, I, I don't blame her for responding like this, talking to me like this. I, I think I see where it comes from. And yeah, the only thing I hope is that she will try to pick it up, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, that anger and that fear that maybe that is behind it and, uh, you know, and try to get a better grip on it, not only in our communication, but it will also help also her position in life, in family business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in, in that sense, uh, already integrating that, what could possibly be what is behind another person's uh, response or reaction or way of communication and trying to look with certain compassion towards it, that already alone is really helpful without actually having to, to name it and to put it forward during the discussion, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think um, just to um, add to your point, um, it's sometimes can be difficult if we don't bring empathy to the table, if we don't um, take a moment to look at somebody else's perspective and um so my next question would is it always necessary to push for a conclusion in one conversation or is it sometimes um necessary to um navigate the conversation in a series of um of sessions where um maybe it's it's a complex um, issue the families is facing and they want to unpack it, but it's just not one sitting. You can't always um, clarify everything in one sitting. No, and I think that is a, a potential big mistake that some people make, um, and that is trying to quickly come with solutions. Mm-hmm. Because if you dive directly in, uh, I would say, solution modes, again, 
you have the risk that you don't take the problem or the issue higher, eh? that mm. you again still keep talking about the symptoms and how can we solve them, you know? But yeah, that's not a solution. Um, I think you should again take it a little bit higher and from there come to a solution. And that can take more than one, one meeting, that can take a couple of meetings. And indeed, as you all already mentioned, some things cannot be solved. Um, let me give you an example. I remember a talk with a business family and there was, uh, well, two brothers and a sister. And there was especially something really heavily at play between the oldest son and the daughter. They were twins. Mm. And at a certain point in time, during the meeting, the daughter says, and I'm talking about people around 50s, eh? so it's not already more senior people. You know, the issue is uh, we were twins and we were both in the belly of our mom. And you gave me a kick and you got out first. And since then, you always put me aside. It was wow. always you. These are so big issues. And if you are then there sitting around the table, talking about the succession of the family business, etc., solving that is extremely difficult. And it would be wrong for you as a facilitator to solve that. And especially as soon as possible, because some things, as I said, cannot be solved or require serious help from other specialists, uh, other specialists and uh, uh, maybe people in psychiatry or psy uh, psy psychologists or whatever to actually try to uh, come to some certain solution. But that will, these kind of deeper traumas that will quite often take uh, years. And then what, what we try to do is, okay, this is definitely an issue, um, but we cannot solve this, but how can we, bring it on the table to a certain extent that we still that we still can continue from a business perspective yeah? because everyone is carrying a, a very heavy bag on his shoulders that don't allow you to talk openly and freely about the future of the business mm -hmm. yeah? because it's full of emotions difficult things how can we make it a little bit lighter so that we more can talk about uh, like adults towards each other that does not mean that you first have to solve all those things in the bag mm -hmm. and make the bag empty, no. But it me means make it a little bit lighter so that you already can uh, talk also uh, more business-wise uh, because that's in the end what it should be. Uh, the business should continue. Uh, otherwise, the business will definitely uh, uh, bear the negative consequences of, uh, of those more personal uh, issues and sometimes traumas. Absolutely. And my final question today would be, how do family businesses or business families facilitate family business meetings? Um, well, I think um, there are a couple of things. Uh, many of the things we already mentioned, bringing that forward yourself, yeah, taking it a little bit higher, putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm -hmm. You have some people who can make that switch, I don't know, by reading an interesting book on that or by following one or the other workshop. And can it install it themselves as a member of the business family? And that's fine. Uh, however, you have to take into account that most of these people, they are directly involved because they are the mm -hmm. brother, the sister, the uncle, the mother. So doing that and take a little bit distance from the whole situation is very difficult. And so in that sense, bringing an outsider into the discussion and into the talk really helps. And I think the main role is then to facilitate the whole, uh, the whole um, meeting. And Facilitating them, for me, is about a couple of uh, elements you have to take into account. And um, an, an important one is, um, again, have the courage also as a facilitator mm -hmm. 
to bring the elephant on the table because sometimes you have meetings and you feel, oh my God, here is something big, something heavy that brings everyone's energy down, mm -hmm. but no one wants to call, call what it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone feels there is some bigger issue that again, make, make, the, make the conversation toxic. What, it, what is it? And if you don't, as a facilitator, put or take up that elephant, which is heavy, it's huge, but put it on the table in, in, the, in, the, in the right way, of course, mm -hmm. again, not to solve the whole uh, elephant, but to bring it on the table. Yeah, if you don't uh, have the courage to do that, yeah, we will always talk around that. So that's, that's, that's I think, an important element uh, for facilitating those business families. Mm -hmm. um, another element that plays is uh, having a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, attention for the group dynamics. Mm -hmm. Because if you talk in a group and a group is talking, some people say a lot, some people don't say a lot. Uh, uh, some people have more lots of, like a certain kind of facial expressions other ones yeah, you don't see anything like talking to a wall um, and so if someone says something and the other person does not say anything but you see definitely that the message got in mm -hmm. yeah you have to take that up and hey john i see your brother i hear your brother saying this but yeah how does it come that you that you that you that you uh, you know turn your eyes or that you don't or how how does that what, what does that bring to you you know um, so having idea or attention for the group dynamics eh? and, and that is important what is playing in a group and that means that what someone is saying someone is not saying how people are behaving also um, bringing that forward eh? so that's that's I think an important uh, element as well. And um, yeah, maybe uh, um, maybe two final things, what mm -hmm. I call one foot in, one foot out. Sometimes you feel that you will be maybe connected more or rather the opposite, uh, connected less to some people because you recognize some things that mm -hmm. people go through. And what you then should avoid is connecting yourself too much to a certain person or to a couple of persons, even if it sounds familiar, even if you know those feelings because you went through something similar, Always put one foot in, but also at the same time, one foot out. And one foot in means, okay, of course, you have to open yourself to the group, you know, and be part of the conversation and listen very well with an open mind and open heart what is playing there. But don't go too deeply. Don't let yourself be drowned into it. And that's why you always have to keep also one foot out to, mm -hmm. to keep that, I would say, neutrality and, um, and objectivity in a, in a whole discussion. Um, mm -hmm. And then maybe a final thing, make sure that everyone brings something on the table and has, has, the, has the opportunity to talk. And uh, I would say one of the basic lessons there, if you talk about effective facilitating groups is, uh, yeah, for example, create check-ins and check-outs. Before you start a meeting, let's first do a quick round. Mm -hmm. And that can be short. You know, Tsitsi and uh, brothers and sisters, you know, how did you enter this room? Stressed up because of, I don't know, the traffic or, you know, Simple questions like that, uh, not with too much thought, but okay, just as an opener, you give the opportunity for everyone to speak up mm -hmm. shortly, a couple of seconds, maybe one minute, and that's it. Or what are everyone's expectations, for example, but shortly, you know, not, not going into discussion yet, but mm -hmm. just one after the other one say something, you know, and that, that creates already a kind of atmosphere of, of trust, a kind of... I would say um, sphere that will open or make it easier for everyone to talk uh, freely. And then at the end, also have to come with a kind of checkout. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. If you if you if you actually end end the meeting also there before we again dive into our work, we go back to the office or whatever. A quick check out. Uh, I don't know. For example, um, what is the most important thing that you take away from this meeting? One or two words, very shortly. Again, one after the other. Not again with the idea to discuss, but mm-hmm. as a kind of conclusion, everyone. Uh, based on his own opinion, uh, what he or she, for example, takes uh, takes away or other other kinds of checkouts. And that is also something that uh, really helps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Vincent, for joining me today and for um, giving us tools that we can actually practically use when we have um, communication at any form um, within the family business and um, how to start it, how to keep it going and uh, what to do when we, we reach a stalemate. And I think empathy was one of the things that you really um, put forward and said, we need to take a moment to look at um, somebody else's um, perspective and put on their shoes. And I think uh, one of the most impactful things you said to me today was um, around, um, it's, it's similar to what a famous singer in my country once said, uh, don't just um, take a pill for, for the headache but try to find out what is causing the headache itself. So um, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there any parting words you would like to share with my audience? Maybe as a final word, I would say, you know, you can only change yourself. Don't Mm -hmm. try to change anyone else because that's a way too big challenge. You can only change yourself. And that is the start of good communication, good relationships. Absolutely. Thank you once again, Vincent. Thanks. Welcome.